Hi, this is Denise Cunningham with Refresh Her. This is a podcast targeted to women to refresh you in your heart, your home, and your life. Paul said in Romans 15.32, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may with you be refreshed. Let's open God's word together and receive the encouragement that only he can give. Sometimes it's easy for us to look at other people's lives and just by what we see on the outside, we make assumptions that maybe their life is just a lot easier than our life is. I think we can especially do that when we look into the scriptures. Now, if I were to ask you, what would the story of John the Baptist's mother, what would that look like? Maybe you're familiar with her story, but we're going to talk about her today and in the next couple of broadcasts just to get an understanding of what her story was. Every person has a story. And it's remarkable to me as we open up the book of Luke, Luke tells us about two births. One of them is the improbable And that's the story we're going to talk about with Zacharias and Elizabeth. And the other story is impossible. And that's the story of our Savior's birth, born to Mary. So as we open up the scriptures in Luke chapter 1, we learn about John the Baptist's mother. John the Baptist was to be the one who would announce the Savior's birth. Now, what about his parents? What is their story? Today, we're going to just talk about some of the backdrop and what they looked like, what the parents were like, what was going on in their world at the time that John the Baptist was born. We look in Luke chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. The first thing that we learn about Elizabeth is that she is a woman who obeys. When we look at a distance view into her life, we see that she had a heart for God And it says in the scriptures that she was right before him. First of all, we learned that she was a daughter of a priest, Aaron, the priest. And she's also the wife of the priest, Zacharias. Oh, so now maybe it would be really easy for us to make the assumption that she's a preacher's daughter and she's a preacher's wife. No wonder she could do what is right but that's not true. Speaking as a pastor's wife myself, I can tell you that there is not one pastor's wife who is righteous in her own standing. And Elizabeth is no different. And it doesn't mean that she is without sin. It means that there is no scandal that is connected to her name. And it doesn't matter what anybody looks like on the outside. God knows our heart. And he tells us here in his word in in chapter um, 1 of verse 6 
They were both righteous before God, and they walked blameless in the ordinances of God. So it simply means when it says that she was righteous, that she kept God's word. The ordinances that pertain to the divine worship were all kept. And I believe that she loved God's word. I mean, how can you obey the word that you do not know? And so I believe she loved it. She knew it. And we hear here that she did obey it. She kept all of God's word. And she knew God's word and she had faith in it. And we will see evidence of that as we talk about the later parts of the chapter. But she knew that she needed a savior. Now, before Christ was born, before he came into this world, those that were living at that time would look forward to the cross for salvation. Now, after Christ has come, we look back to the cross to be saved. Romans 10, 17 reminds us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So she had faith in the word of God. She knew that God was going to send his son into the world, the Messiah. She knew that was going to happen. And she also lived what she believed. It wasn't just something that she spoke and talked about just in an incidental way. She believed what she knew was true in her heart. And it was seen by the way she lived her life. Because the scripture says that both she and her husband, Zacharias, were righteous before God, walking in all the commandments. And this simply just refers to their lifestyle. They walked with personal holiness. Now, I mentioned that he was a priest. And this kind of living isn't just for pastors or people who are in full-time ministry. This is for anyone who names the name of Christ. You and I are to have a life of personal holiness. It affects every part of our life. It affects the way I spend my time. It affects what I do with my money. It affects my thinking. It affects my decisions for today. And everything that she did, she had personal holiness. I'm mindful of James chapter 2 and verse 18, where James says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. In other words, what I say and what I do will match up. When I say I have faith in Christ, then the things that I do after I say that will all match up. They're not contradictory. They will go hand in hand. It will prove the faith that I have in Christ. It will prove the life and the relationship that I have with the Lord Jesus. Now, she um, is made righteous because she looked to the cross, forward to the cross. Now, how are you and I made righteous? Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that at that time when you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's kind of an awful condition in which we find ourselves. 
But it goes on to say, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Isn't that an awesome promise that we can now have access to God through the blood that Christ shed on the cross for us? Verse 14 says, For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross. Jesus took our punishment on the cross, and he provided a way for us to have peace with God. So no more do we have to make sacrifices. He was our sacrifice once and for all. And so when we receive, not just simply believe it in our head, but when we receive for ourselves, Jesus Christ is our sacrifice, our substitute on the cross, then we become righteous before God. I remember one time having a conversation with a young lady, and she was telling me about all of the good things that she had done, and that she was counting on those things to get her to heaven. She tried to be a good person. She tried to be kind. She tried to be loving. She tried to be generous. She tried to be religious. And I reminded her that Isaiah 64 verse 6 says, but we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And she looked at me and she said, I don't like that. And to be honest with you, probably all of us would say, I don't like that. We don't like to think that the things that we attempt to do are considered filthy rags in God's sight until we understand that we can be made righteous when we receive what Christ did for us on the cross. Then all those filthy rags, they're not even needed. We don't have to try to attempt to make our way to God because now we have access to God through the blood of his son. Have you ever looked into a convex mirror? There are two different kinds of mirrors. One is convex and one is concave. And a convex mirror bulges outward. And it reflects a wider angle angle near its edges than it does in the middle part. It creates a slightly distorted image that's really smaller than it actually is. Convex mirrors are used for a couple of different things. They're used for safety mirrors because it means that you can see more in the surface. So we have safety mirrors on our cars. We can see the car beside us. We can see a little bit more than we would in a regular mirror. But did you know that some department stores even put convex mirrors in their dressing rooms? That's pretty smart, isn't it? We get in the dressing room and we look in that mirror and it makes us taller and thinner. And so we put on that dress or that outfit that we're trying on at the store, and wow, we like the way it looks, but it's distorted. It's not really a clear picture. You know, we'd, if we don't like the way we look in our filthy rags, we may just think, well, I'll just look into a different mirror. I'll look a different way. 
but it's like looking at the false view of a convex mirror, just so you can fool yourself. We might choose to listen to a different kind of teaching because we don't like to hear that we are as filthy rags before a holy God. But Romans 3.10 says, There is none righteous, no, not one. And we look at Elizabeth and we understand that God called her a righteous woman, not because she is somebody who's going to end up in the Bible, not because she was the mother of John the Baptist. It was because she knew who she was in God's eyes. She knew she needed a savior, and she was soon going to be seeing him with her very eyes. God used this lowly woman who was really of no importance. She was a lowly woman that God chose to be the mother of John the Baptist. But it wasn't because she was different. It wasn't because she was sinless. No, she was God's vessel. She knew that she needed a savior herself. I love the fact that God uses lowly people of no consequence, no importance whatsoever. And this whole story is not about Elizabeth. This story is about a God who can do the improbable. So what thing are you looking at in your life right now and you think, I don't know how this is ever going to happen. It doesn't even seem possible. It's very improbable that it will happen. In the next session, we're going to talk about the situation in which Elizabeth found herself thinking it may be improbable, but then she watched God step in. She was a righteous woman, not because of who she was married to or who she was born to. She was righteous because she was a woman who obeyed God. Could that be said of you? Do you know God as your personal Heavenly Father? Have you received the gift of His Son? And are you loving His Word and it being the thing that tells you what to do next and next and next? Are you being obedient to the Word of God like Elizabeth was? I hope you join us next time as we continue to take a look into her life and see what happens when a woman has a longing that seems very improbable. This is Denise for Refresh Her. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for links that are relatable to the episode that you just heard. Why not share this episode with someone else that you know who needs to be refreshed?